Hey, voice teachers, it's Nikki from Full Voice Music. Today's podcast, podcast number 47, well, it's a big one. If you are working with adolescent singers, this podcast has some very, very important information. We're talking about our young men. Now, in our teaching studios, we're often worried about their changing voices. There's lots of conversation about what's happening with their voices at this age, but this podcast is about what's happening psychologically and cognitively. And my special guest, Patty Barrow, is a private teacher from Harriman, Utah. She has been in the trenches for over 27 years working with students of all ages. Now, Patty has two degrees one in vocal pedagogy and one in music education. And she has continued her studies specializing in children's voices vocal diagnostics, vocal injury rehabilitation, and performance psychology, just to name a few. Now, I had the wonderful opportunity to sit down with Patty when we were in Las Vegas at the Nats convention, and we had an incredible heartfelt conversation about these wonderful students that we have in our teaching studio. If you are working with young men, adolescents in your teaching studio, you are in the right place here on the Full Voice Podcast. Welcome to the Full Voice Podcast, resources for private, classroom, and choral music programs. And here's your host, Nikki Loney. Welcome to my hotel room. (laughs) (laughs) So, ladies and gentlemen, I am sitting down with the delightful Patty Barrow. Thank you so much for hanging out in my my hotel room. Hey, I need a break from the smoke. Oh, I know. So, we're we're in Las Vegas. This is... Yes. uh, You're here for the Nats convention. You having a good time? I am having a fantastic time. So far, what's been the best kind of breakaway session workshop that you've checked out? Um, I loved the one that I had this morning that talked about uh, all the different variants of CCM. Oh, nice. And we talked about being in the pocket, talked about different kinds of jazz and the oh, history. And I was like, yes, this is my jam. I loved it. Okay, that's So fun. we had a great time. Yeah, nice. that was great. Nice. Yeah. Uh, but I have to agree with you, like, smoking inside is a thing here. Yes. <laughs> But otherwise, it's just fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and I, for the record, I also want to tell everybody that Patty is now my favorite podcast guest because she brought me she brought me in before we started the interview these Utah truffles. Nobody brings me stuff like that. Uh, yeah, so you, you might win. call me to be your supplier now. Seriously. <laughs> All right. Okay. So okay. we're gonna get started. Right. And um, I'm so glad that you could uh, you could uh, talk to me today. So we are talking about our boy singers. We're gonna yes. cover a bunch of important considerations that we have to take in, into well we have to be mindful about mm-hmm. when working with our young boy singers they have they have pressure on them they have stresses and pressures and sometimes we don't recognize and i want to share with everybody this amazing quote uh, from one of your posts in the voice teachers for young singers cuz when you wrote this i was so you took my breath away So on our forum, our Facebook forum, our wonderful Facebook forum, there's some great questions. And there had been a lot of questions about voice and changing voice and all of that. And I'm just, I'm quoting, this is you. So you said, and I quote, I've seen several, several requests for advice on this matter. So I'd like to chime in here and give my two cents. Boys who sing are often teased. Dads try to toughen them up with sports and teachers can often treat them with, treat them differently and other kids take notice. This alone makes them targets at school, in the neighborhood, and sometimes even at home. Add in their changing voice, oh yes, and their fragile egos are even, they are even more vulnerable. This is where our role is the most important in their lives. We have the capacity to stand with them as their voice changes and provide them a place where they can feel strong, even in their most vulnerable time. That right there is so important, and I'm so glad you posted that. I'm going to continue with your quote here. 
If you are new to boys changing voices, there are some incredible books out there on the male adolescent voice, Cooksey and others, the Cambiata and all of those are wonderful. Mm -hmm. In addition to Nat's articles in the Journal of Singing, and uh, I can post some more here. The one, th uh, one of the things I would recommend is doing some reading on the psychology of male puberty. I want to talk about that today. Okay. There's some things we need to know because it's different. It is. And we talk a lot about our girls, right? We talk a lot about our girls. Oh, they're so moody. They're so emotional. But we don't talk as much about our boys. And right. I have a couple in my studio who are definitely going through the voice change. And it is, it's tough. I feel for my kiddos sometimes. Is it just me or it doesn't feel, I don't feel like puberty was that hard for me. I think kids have a harder time now. Would you agree with well, that? Well, then you were lucky. Oh, okay. So, so puberty, okay. I just think no. they have so much more stress and worries. Oh than my goodness. Did. Well, for girls, for me, yeah, I started maturing at 10. Oh, well, that's, that's a thing now, right? Yes. Kids are going through puberty Earlier, earlier, far earlier than they ever were. 50 Correct. Years ago. Even even down to nine years old. Oh, I've heard starting. that. Mm -hmm. And up to seventeen right. when when it first starts. Yeah. So sometimes you will have boys who may be particularly effeminate mm. only because their maturational phases haven't started yet. Yes. And then you will have girls getting teased because they're budding. Ugh. They're starting to get curvy and they get into junior high school and they've got these 17 year olds hitting on them. Right. Hey, how old are you? I'm 12. Right. <laughs> you know? So the maturational phases are different for every individual. Right. But there are some things that are kind of consistent mm. across the board. Mm -hmm. So as voice teachers, um, of course, we. Uh, maybe you're one of the few that specializes in psychology, but a lot of us don't truly understand. Um, we know that something's going on, but is this normal? Is this vocal injury? All of that kind of thing. And of, of course, if you suspect vocal injury, get them into a specialist. But there are some things to, um, to kind of look at. So there are a lot of independent studio voice teachers who love teaching with youth, and I'm one of them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so let us know how you got started as a singer and as a voice teacher. So let's start there. Oh, okay. So as a singer, I would say I got my start as a delivery girl, a singing delivery girl. Shut up. Really? I am not kidding. I would put some groceries on back of my vehicle and I would get in there and I would just drop off groceries. Actually, okay, so I was five and I was riding my trike around the house. <laughs> okay, I was like, what? <laughs> and, and I would, you know, perform and I would give them their treats and I'd do my <laughs> That's little hilarious. show. And it was fun. I was a great party trick. Um, <laughs> but that was fun. And, and I enjoyed the attention. I'm the youngest of five kids. Ah, oh, okay. Uh, so, all right. So there you go. The youngest is always the class clown. Um, so then I started to realize that I loved music. Mm. And of course, you know, I had teenage siblings and they were always listening to music. And mm -hmm. there was a time when I was on a um, little trip. My sister and her boyfriend were taking me to a place called Pixie Land. Wow. I grew up in Oregon. Okay. So <laughs> Pacific Northwest. Woo! Um, and on the way there, we were in the truck, and Peter, Paul, and Mary come on with mm. Leaving on a Jet Plane and just simple melody, and I started singing along. And all of a sudden, I knew the words, I knew the tune, I was at the top mm. of my voice, I was loving it. And my sister turns to me, she says, have you heard this song before? I'm no. But it hit something in me. Mm. It moved me. And then, of course, you know, all the singer-songwriter stuff started coming up, and I started writing my own poetry. Oh, nice. I was playing guitar. I was... It was fabulous. Nice. I loved that. And then I wound up, and you're going to love this. This is one of my oh, okay. favorite things in my life. Okay. We moved when I was in the second grade. Okay. And I wound up with a classroom teacher who spotted me mm. and a couple of my friends, and she taught me piano lessons on the side. Wow. And she started this little second through, I think it was just the second and third grade my school had 65 kids in it. Oh, so small school. Small community. Small school. But she had us get together and she taught us songs. And mm. we would go to nursing homes. Oh. And we would go to fire stations. And we would go and just serve the community through music. Nice. And it was phenomenal. I loved it. So I kind of fell under her wing 
Oh, beautiful. So it was, it was a very peaceful place for me. Life was not easy. Mm. But um, music was my getaway. Nice. I loved it. So that was kind of my, my early beginning. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, junior high school, high school, competitions, all that kind of stuff. Yes. And that was fun. Um, and then in college, I started as a double major in biology. What? Okay. <laughs> and vocal performance. Wow. I know. I wanted to sing to my paramecium. Um, (laughs) but after my how do you brand that you you don't you don't you don't but I took some amazing classes Mm. in vocal acoustics oh wonderful hello I went the scientific route so that was fantastic and then I dropped that biology major and then I picked up music education oh wonderful so now I've got two degrees vocal performance and music education and I'm doing exactly what I love to be doing that how long did it take before you were like I don't think I really want to do the biology um beginning of my sophomore year ah yeah because I had to start in level 200 classes Mm. and the professor walked back and forth in front of the chalkboard jingling his keys in his pocket and I thought I'm out of here you you got to get my attention in another way right I it was just too much right although I did love you know cutting open human cadavers that was fun you got to do that that would be cool it was awesome so. Now, tell us, tell everybody about your teaching studio. Oh, you have a beautiful teaching studio. So I've actually, I've actually seen the inside of Patty's teaching studio because <laughs> Patty uh, is one of the one of the fine collaborators for the new full voice teacher guide. Patty gave me insight to all of her favorite vocal music. We talked a lot about boys' voices, which yes. we're talking about today. Right. But in the Skype thing that we were doing, I got to see this beautiful space that you have. So tell everybody about your teaching studio and what what ages you're working with and stuff like that. Well, um, because of present personal circumstances, I am teaching out of my home. Mm-hmm. And but I- it's beautiful. I'm so <laughs> jealous of your teaching space. Oh, thank you. Um, I have, as you walk into my home, the wall, <laughs> I'm motioning. Imagine me motioning to my left, front to back. Along the wall, there is um, cabinets. Mm-hmm. And they're open full on the top. of music. And they are completely full. <laughs> now, mind you, I put doors on them because I am not exactly the most organized person. And it kind of helps with the fallout. So <laughs> my my bookcases have cabinets. There have cabinet doors on them, um, but yes, and they are full, full of music, which is why I, which is why I came to you. Um, yes. And what ages are you working with? What what students are you working with? Well, you should. Funny you should ask that. I thought, okay, I need to figure this out. I have three full time, excuse me, four full time and three part time adults. Okay. I have six full time children, mm. um, with optional of eight more for the kids classes the vocal class yeah. right yeah small and group class then i have 13 full-time teenagers and two part-time so basically i have 17 full-time private students um six full-time children group students so 28 total wow that's a lot yeah most of them are our students now so it's it's busy let's kind of talk about our, our boys here you have some information about the psychology that we really need to be mindful of. Yeah. We need to have some understanding of what they are going through and how they're processing information. Right. Because, and I'm just, I'm not pointing any fingers here, but I know that I do this. Sometimes we get all wrapped up in the progress that they're making in their vocal lessons, but we have to be open to what's happening in their lives and how they're they're growing and changing. So, yes. So how did you kind of get interested in all of this it's kind of a roundabout way I began to be interested in the psychology of teaching because when I started teaching um, at the university when I was um, getting my undergrad believe it or not I had some students who were coming to me that weren't majors okay and so I would ask them about why they were singing what Mm -hmm. was going on and they would share with me some things that were personal and of course you know Voices, they, they take you can't, you can't what's in the head, connect. what's in the heart. If they're conflicted, it's going to show up here. Mm-hmm. Right. So. <clears throat> I always say me. it's hardwired. Our emotions <clears throat> and our stress and our anxiety is just hardwired right into that, into that voice box. Right. And sometimes when we choose music, we choose it because it lifts us to a different place. Mm. So we all have that great breakup song that we love mm-hmm. and we all have those songs that lift us and make us dance mm-hmm. and um fast well 
when my kids, when I was raising my own children, mm-hmm. um, to clean the house, I would put on La Vida Mickey, the Beach Boys, <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff just to get us dancing and get us moving so we can get through the house faster. Good grief. Right. I hate taking four hours. Right. Um, but I think the, the major turning point for me is I had, I have an adult child now mm. who was different. Mm. Okay. He has an auditory processing disorder and ADHD. Mm. And this kid is so smart and his musical intelligence unbelievable Mm. he was playing drumline in fourth grade Mm. and his rhythms and he was just unbelievable and he could pick up a melody and sing it and he was just phenomenally intellectual that way Mm -hmm. musically gifted but it was hard for him to feel accepted Mm. so he was getting majorly bullied oh how unfortunate and to see him use music as his therapy Mm. was very enlightening to me. So I started kind of going, okay. And and of course, during this time, I'm still teaching and I've got girls who are, you know, flopping themselves on my couch going, I hate boys, this is so awful. And, you know, we all go through stuff. And of course, I went through my own trauma Mm -hmm. with car accidents and losing a parent and, and all of that. So the psychology of teaching about grounding Ourselves, when we're in a vulnerable emotional space, um, working through performance anxiety, all of that was already of special interest to me. Mm-hmm. But to see how my son was dealing with it while he's going through puberty and how music was helping him, mm. then I started to go click, 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 uh, click, click. It all came together. It all came together. And ever since then, when I started studying all of this, and not just the physical changes. The physical changes, you know, John Cooksey does an amazing job talking about physical changes. That is a great resource. <clears throat> but there are also other resources out there about what we can expect, mm-hmm. you know, psychologically, emotionally, and, and what the young men are going through. So mm-hmm. I'm really glad you invited me here today because I think, you know, I'm not the all-knowing. I'm just a person who's been in the trenches. You know what? I don't, I don't think anybody <laughs> so. is all-knowing. I think we all can share our experiences, and that's and that, that the whole point, right? We, right. We, we all have experiences, and we can learn from each other. So I, I'm thrilled that you're here because I think that, uh, I, I mean, this past year I've had a couple of changing voices in my studio, and, mm-hmm. and it, it, the, the struggle really isn't the voice. <laughs> Like the voice is changing. Transposing a key is not going it's to not kill that anybody. Easy. It's not right. that hard. Yeah. It's not that hard. Like I go to musicnotes.com and we'll lower that. And right. The, and app accompaniment. App accompaniment. Hello. Yes. Love it. Yeah. Actually, I'm talking to the app accompanist people later. So okay. Um, we'll tell them I'm fangirling. Awesome. <laughs> so yeah, there, we have tools now to facilitate the changing keys, but there's yeah. more going on. There's there far is. more going on. So yep. so let's talk about let's, so let's talk, talk about, about the, that. how vulnerable our boys are okay at that time so um, emotional and psychological development let's go there first okay okay so in our young adolescence yes even with boys we can experience mood swings <laughs> any mother of boys will tell you that the best time to talk to boys is late at night oh. when it's time to go to bed you can pull up a chair and they will talk your freaking ear off the rest of the day they may be completely quiet really? you may not get a word Okay, my son's like almost eight. I'm gonna try that. Yeah, try it at night. Okay. I I'm like son. You have school in the morning. I I gotta leave. He's like. I'll tuck your face off. Thirteen years old, mom. How am I gonna support a family? And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're thirteen. Stop it. All right. So mood swings with peaks of intensity (laughs) (laughs) and unpredictability. Right. Right. They can have large muscle movements and then all of a sudden peaks of anger or peaks of fear, mm. peaks of depression, you know, so there's going to be up and down, up and down, right? Um, and, and speaking of physical issues, they will need to release energy. Mm, we have uh, all seen that in the teaching studio, haven't oh we Oh my gosh, yes, that's because they're sitting in class, and I love classroom movement. I think in elementary school, kids are up and they're moving, 
-hmm. right? Because we have phenomenal elementary school teachers here in the States. Mm -hmm. um, but when they get to junior high school, what are they doing? They're, they're sitting, sitting in choir chairs. They're sitting in their chairs. Our poor boys. Are you kidding me? It's, it's rough. Yeah. So junior high school teachers are really starting to come into this, let's get movement back in the classroom, for mm -hmm. which I totally applaud. So, um, they See, I, and for me, like for the longest time years ago, I was always concerned with making them stay still. I don't do that anymore. It's like you want to move, you want to walk around when you sing, walk around. You want to, you want to sit for this, you want to stand up. Like I don't, I don't stress out about that. And I see that that's a that's a question that comes up on the forums sometimes. It's like, oh, they're so fidgety. They do this. Well, get them to move. Get them to move. Movement, yeah. clapping. That's right. Walking something. It, like it, you'll have such a, a better productive <laughs> if you stop trying to like fix it, but embrace it and oh, yeah. let them do what they're showing you they need to do. They're not just doing it to be jerks. Tell you what, you want to have some fun with your with your young boys. Have them take their shoes off. They're in their socks. Pledge your floor. Oh, and slide. They love that. Man, you can teach legato like nobody's business. You've just got that little bit of an ice skating lift. And, oh, yeah. Because you've got the light pressure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you have to lift off their, their toes. Anyway, it's just phenomenal. And they have a total great they time when they time. fall on their rear end. <laughs> um, they like to be more and more independent. Mm -hmm. So they like to make some decisions so even as voice teachers when we've got a piece of music that fits them physically have them sing it in a certain fun style mm. have them add certain different beats to it mm -hmm. have them add a little bit of personality to it nice yeah. you know and and just so they can use that processing part of their brain mm -hmm. to add their own personality even if it's stylistically inappropriate because you gotta you gotta let them loose once right. in a while right otherwise the monkeys are going to be running the zoo so well, and, then, and that's when you see a lot of kids just getting they're not interested anymore right like right they just they just don't they're not connecting with the music and and i agree with you i don't believe that it is the music i believe that sometimes it's the way we've presented it or it's sometimes how we we've, we've given them the, these boundaries and that's the word i'm going to use right and that doesn't allow them to explore so no wonder they're bored like yeah. no wonder and and it's not them it's us we have to it all whenever we're working with kids my thing is if there's something going on it's my job to figure it out and to offer options and to try and be curious rather than you are misbehaving and this is why I love I love that suggestion of just letting them explore it whether it's correct I'm doing air quotes yes yes they get enough of that Okay, so here we're going to get into a little bit of kids this age, and I'm going to qualify the statement as a generality. Okay. Okay, between 11 and 15. By okay. the time they're 16, they pretty much have their identity that they want to project. Mm -hmm. So they're projecting what they think is acceptable by the time they're 16. Okay. Okay? Mm -hmm. I had a 17-year-old student that said, you have no idea how hard it is for me to keep this up. Mm. Because my peers, they... They think I'm here, you know, right. star quarterback. They've got this and this. Wow. He says, that's not who I am in here. When I sing, I sing from who I am. Oh, wow. Now, isn't that telling? Mm-hmm. So between the time they're 11 to that age, mm -hmm. that's development. That's personality. That's character. That's value. That's peer mm -hmm. shaping. Mm-hmm. Right? So they are really trying to get into their identity. So here you've got a young man who may or may not have a strong male role model. Ah, yes. Some male role models are too strong. That's and a very lovely way of putting that. Are, are, have plans for their boys, mm -hmm. and others are just checked out. Right. And so finding that one that has that balance is a unique boy indeed. Wow. So... Um, they are completely vulnerable. Mm -hmm. They come to us because we have one-on-one -on -one time. Mm -hmm. We get to hear things that parents may not be aware of. Right. We get to hear about maybe things parents don't want us to know. Right. And that can put us in a vulnerable position. Mm -hmm. And of course, if anything comes up that you need to report, um, or can that we talk question, about that? I yeah. think that's something that I know that that's happened to me. Mm -hmm. where some information has been given to me and then I am awake because I'm like, this is too big. I can't keep this. Like, they're in danger. Right. So where would you draw the boundaries for that? 
when when do we have to break trust with a student because we're because they've said or given us information and and get in touch with mom and dad what's your feelings on that because we are not mandated reporters well um, that's exactly it like we don't we're not legally required but there is a right. responsibility there their school teachers are oh so if you can get them to reach out to a school counselor or to reach out to a school teacher and help oh. bridge that bond of trust to get them to open up to another one because they've already shared that with you. Mm-hmm. And if we can help them feel safe in that space, mm-hmm. then we can say, you can also feel safe in this space with your teacher. Can I encourage you to stay in during recess mm-hmm. and say, Ms. So-and-so or Mr. So-and-so, I need to discuss something with you. Can, can I have some personal time? Okay. And that will help bridge the gap there and you still remain a safe place for your student. Mm-hmm. But if they, if they are, in if the person though. is their teacher, um, then of course you talk to the parents. It it depends. If they are in immediate danger, yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't skip a beat. Yeah. Yeah. You have to. I have to. Yes. Yes. I love my kids. Oh, they, these, I don't know all teacher of teachers that doesn't. I know there there are babies mm-hmm. really. You know, mm-hmm. we, we, we have children from other mothers, mm-hmm. and um, hopefully families I don't that are think also I've, part of our I don't think I've so. ever met a private, independent teacher who didn't feel strongly and cared deeply about their students. Like, the, it is a very unique relationship. That yeah. one-on-one time we get with our kids is precious, and you, like you said, it's a safe space, and I, I agree with you. I, I don't, I have talked to hundreds and hundreds of teachers, and I, I that conversation comes up, how much we care. But if you're seeing, um, anyway, go with your gut. Yeah. Okay. Just just go with your gut and go with information. And if you have any question at all, make, and this is the greatest thing. I have friends in every field, which mm-hmm. I love. Networking is my jam. Yes. And I have friends who are child psychologists. Nice. And I can call one up, which I have, and I'm like, hey, you want to do lunch? What's your lunchtime? Yeah, did it. okay, perfect. And I'm like, okay, I've got a situation. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, tell me. And they know. Right. They know when I call them. I'm like, okay, I have a student I want to talk to you about, and just let me know. And I don't ever give first names. I don't ever give personal information. Yeah, you protect their privacy, but protect you their need privacy. to, yeah. Right. Where would you go in this situation? And I have had to draw on a couple of my friends with our present situation in our community. Okay, so I would like to talk a little bit about that. We, we talked about this before we started recording, but there has been an unbelievable amount of suicides in your city. So Correct. let's talk a little bit about that. And, and first I want to say I'm sorry. I can't, I can't even imagine. Ooh. It has devastated your city. And if you need a tissue... I totally. It's all I know. good. All it's you all have to good. do is look at me in the eye. I'm sorry. I'll look away. But oh, so so what's going on? Okay, so um, there's a lot of stuff going on, um, and I I'm not. <laughs> my town is not the only one that's affected. Right. So of course, of course. Nationally, my heart goes out to so many teachers and parents and friends who whose communities have been devastated mm-hmm. and you should have seen me watching the Tonys when that sweet teacher oh got yes. it. I, I lost it those kids came out on the stage I was gone yeah. I, I was gone um, yes yeah, so our community has had a very rough year we have had eight teenage suicides in our one high school town Oh my gosh. We are not like Cincinnati. We are not like LA. Yeah. This is a town of oh, roughly 30,000. Wow. Okay. Mm. Um, there's no connection in these young people. Really? None. Oh my goodness. And they're all boys. Mm. And the poor families, of course, have been devastated. Oh, absolutely. And I've got students who are friends of these kids mm. who may be part of their church congregation of course and I've got students who were friends of their little sisters of course and so it's affected my studio oh absolutely it, it, tremendously and of course it's affected me as a teacher because I am familiar with some of these kids mm-hmm. so in trying to help 
these young people get to a place where we can have um, a space of mourning and a space of processing mm. and a space of talking through things and mm. then introducing music becomes therapy right so I don't have to share with your audience how important music is as therapy mm -hmm. but we reach a certain point where um, we as as private studio teachers we have that one-on-one -on -one and we have that opportunity mm -hmm. to help them process through it mm-hmm and this is why, as, as young voice teachers, in, in college, as you're getting your master's degree or your undergraduate degrees, they don't always talk to you about this part of teaching. No, absolutely not. And it's imperative mm. that, for me, that you either seek counseling yourself and go through processes, because I assure you, if you have any amount of childhood trauma or any amount of mental health issues, we as teachers, we will be triggered. Oh, absolutely. You know what, you bring up a really good point. Holding space yeah. for others, it's, it's so difficult. And you can only do it for so long before it will have a profound effect on you. When I was student teaching, mm. my what, junior year college, mm -hmm. um, or was it my first senior year? I don't remember. <laughs> but I was with a choir director, phenomenal master teacher, mm -hmm. phenomenal. He had a nationally acclaimed program. And he said, he pulled me aside and he said, Patty, I need to tell you, as you're coming in, um, you're going to witness something. And I want to tell you what's going on. He said, over the weekend, this was a Monday, over the weekend, there was a suicide pact. Oh my gosh. With four kids. <sighs> the one survivor is in our choir. Oh my gosh. And I walked into this. Oh my gosh. I am 19 freaking years old. 20 maybe. Yeah. And I'm walking into this and I had my own stuff that I hadn't worked through. Mm -hmm. And the palpable emotional level mm. in that room was so intense. I'm like, okay, I need counseling. Right. <laughs> I need to work through this because if this is what the real world <laughs> as a teacher you're gonna be dealing with, yeah. I need to work through my own stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was so grateful I did. Mm -hmm. You know, so grateful. It has made me such a stronger person, compassionate. And then not only am I able to listen, but I'm able to take that and reframe it and give it back to them Beautiful. in a stronger way. Mm -hmm. So then, okay, let's begin. Mm -hmm. And they can come from a place of strength. They can come from a place of safety. Mm -hmm. They can have trust. They can honor themselves for the gifts that they have, mm -hmm. the people they are, the things they can contribute, mm -hmm. and feel a strength instead of feel like a victim. Right. And I think that's where we, we need to be. And, you know, you've got these kids as adolescents who are getting teased because they sing in a soprano oh, voice. Oh, yes, yes. Whose dads are afraid they're not going to be manly men yes. and want them to get out of that space. Mm -hmm. But yet music and the arts give them that ability, that freedom, that connection of being able to release what's inside. Mm -hmm. So we become that safe place mm -hmm. and we become parental educators yes we yeah. have to help the parents just we as much we have to help the parents in order to help the kids yep. and a lot of times parents they they mean well and they want to know yes they want see, to know what we what we can do and what thank we, you you know i've don't always, be afraid of them thank you i'm really glad you said that because again i i have lots of friends and colleagues who would prefer to never see a parent's face and i'm really like, yes and it bugs me 
Oh, I'm just man. I'm being really truthful. They're missing the out. Seriously. I agree. I think part of the success of my teaching studio has to do with the fact that I have a seating area for my parents and yeah. they are welcome. Now, yes, there are times where I don't want them there. And I yes. do want the student and I to have a private moment. But in the beginning, uh, I really want to get to know the family. And I think I can serve my student better if I understand the family dynamic. So if I know I have a family who, I call them sports families, mm -hmm. who are not musically inclined and don't know how to support the child, I would rather know that so that I, I can support all of them. Yeah. So if I have a family and they're kind of not new to music lessons, I'm not going to get all up in their face about practicing. I'm going to no. give them time and some information and mm -hmm. some and some guidance to get those things started before I start complaining and oh you brah, 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 brah. Yeah. or 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 you have the parents who maybe are have good intentions but maybe are, are not using the right language with their kids and I I feel confident and I've been teaching long enough uh, or maybe I just don't care anymore <laughs> but I can say you know hey that language is a little abrupt can we maybe frame it like this and they they mean well they're mm -hmm. not like I don't think I've met a parent who truly is setting like is deliberately trying to set up their child to fail but a lot of parents without our guidance are setting their kids up to fail and then I have, there's too many of us out there that are getting frustrated and just want that closed door, leave me alone with your kid. And personally, for all of you listening, I think that's inappropriate. Yeah. I think if we really want to help our kids, we have to have an open communication and a good relationship with moms and dads. Yeah. They don't have to be our friends. We don't have to go out for coffee with them. But, we but that doesn't hurt either. No, that doesn't. <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> I was, okay, this is going off topic here, but I was walking I was walking one night down the street. I was just walking um, Noah's babysitter home. And all of a sudden, one of my moms is like, Nikki, Nikki. And I look over. She's on the porch. She's having a party with some of her girlfriends. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm just walking my babysitter. She's like, what do you come back? Come come in. So I got like, I got invited to a party. And I'm like, this is nice. That's so cool. <laughs> just walking down the street. She's like, oh, hey, she will come to party with you. Anyhow, yeah. going back to what you were saying. So... Getting to know the parents, educating the parents, supporting them, supporting the children. Like, yeah, so important. I am so blessed. I have, okay, how many boys did I tell you I have? Seven or nine? You've got a ton of boys. Uh, yeah, I've got a ton of boys. And I have two, two dads mm. who are sports dads, all the rest of their kids, you know, and they're like, okay, how do we do? We don't know what to do with this child. <laughs> But we trust you That's nice. and they will ask me questions nice? and then all of a sudden this one dad he is all in he's wow. like hey because he came to the recital and he's got two boys mm. are in my program and they're both phenomenal Phenomenal. One, I swear, is going to be the next Buddy Hackett. He's the <laughs> funniest kid ever. And another is super uber talented. Anyway, so they're fantastic. And the dad's going, hey, this is kind of cool. Right. You know, and he's getting into it. And he's asking me questions. And, and I'm just like, yay, dad. Because dads make such a huge difference. They do. And you know they what? Really I want to thank you for bringing that up. I want to share something, a big mistake that I made. And I was actually really disappointed in myself. So with my children's choir, my, my small group class that I did this year, I just, I just reached out to the moms. So I was emailing the moms. And one of the moms is like, um, can you please include Terry, my, my husband, in the in the emails? And I was like, why am I, you're right. Why am I, why wouldn't the dads want to know? Why wouldn't the dads want to know what we did? I mean, these are all little girls, right? But why wouldn't the dads want to go? And I, and I felt, I was like, that is a, I made a mistake and I am so sorry. So I contacted all the, the moms. I said, can I please have your husband's emails? Cause I want them to get the class updates. And I am so glad I did that. What a great idea. Well, we just kind of assume that they're not involved. And I That's just have... a really lousy assumption. Yeah. And I have one spot on my application thing that says parent emails. And typically it's the mom. Right. Right? So I think I need to switch that up and not do parent email. But Mom's do email, dad's, dad's email. email. Or parent one, parent two. However, 
we make you know, the, but don't yeah. assume the dads aren't interested. Exactly. Don't assume. I and that I did that, and I was so glad. So after reaching out and getting all the dads' emails, um, the dads started dropping off kids, and the dads started talking to me, and I'm like, I. I mean, like, yeah. yeah, and I, I actually really want to do a blog on that because I think I think we That's do that. It's idea. just an assumption, right? Yeah. The yeah. other thing that I got was a fantastic, really, really heartfelt email from one of the dads thanking me for giving his daughter, because his daughter was very shy, a safe space to learn about singing and to be with her friends. It was one of the nicest it was very short very sweet but very articulate it was one of the it took my breath away and i thought i he wouldn't have known what was going on if i hadn't have included him i'm really glad you brought that, that amazing up. yeah we need to we need to let them know that they are welcome and that they have a place in our teaching studios absolutely for sure yeah. So can we talk for a second about intellectual changes? Yes, please. Because Let's I go back. Think, we got off topic. My, yeah. My apologies. No, that's okay. Every, all of that is so important to discuss. Um, sometimes we, we can get a little frustrated. Any of you moms out there that have boys, um, yeah, when when it's like it's just not sinking in. Why isn't he thinking? Why is right. this? Is, that's all part of the process. Yes. And, and their brains are rewiring. <laughs> yes. So they start to to explore a wide range of, of strengths start mm. to come out during this time. So it could be mathematics, it could be interpersonal, could be intrapersonal, mm. it could be physical, it could be musical, athletic, you know, different types of intelligences, ah. right, start to come in play. And just like um, when children are little and, and they're learning to walk, their language center is on hold, and then once they get that down, all of a sudden their language center starts right, coming. Right. Okay, it's the, it's the same thing. So this part, this change that these kids are going through is the only change where they are conscientiously aware that they are different mm -hmm. than other people. So they are aware that they're different. Which causes a lot of stress. Yes, it does. It causes a lot of stress. Wow. Which can affect... They're processing of everything. Mm. Because, hello, we are stressed. Yeah, right. <laughs> All of us experience stress, and we're not exactly in the peak of our performance when we're stressed out, either vocally or intellectually. Um, but the kids are really go through a rough time. Um, they also prefer interacting with learning activities. <gasps> yes, they do. The social aspects. So master's classes are awesome. What a great tip. Yes. Mm -hmm. So if you can have, like, I'm going to have a master class just for my boys. Nice. So they can sing for each other. That's lovely. Yes. Because oh. I've got girls who won't sing in front of the boys because they're too shy. Oh, and fair enough, right? <laughs> fair enough. I yeah, get that. It's totally, it's totally cool. And others are totally fine. Right. So, you know, my Halloween thing was absolutely phenomenal. Nice. Yes, I had everybody come in costume, and they got to sing their songs as the character they dressed up as. Oh, that's seriously cool. Oh, yeah, especially when one of my boys dressed up as the wolf granny from Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> he had the bosom and everything. Oh, my gosh, that's so It was fun. so good. He was awesome. He was awesome. Um, <clears throat> and they respond to opportunities to participate in real-life scenarios. So if you want to have them participate in, you know, gee, I kind of have this issue with, you know, a child or something, they want to participate oh. in problem solving. They want to participate in that they can be part of a solution. Okay. Can we just, that, I like that. So field trips of service are good. Would it be a useful tool for teachers working with this age group? to instead of solving problems for them, open up opportunities and go, what would you do? Please. That is a great thing. Yes. Okay. Because, you know, you kind yes. of, you've got this limited time with the kid and you want to make change, 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 and you wanted it to be productive. So you often don't give that exploration time, right? Right. But now we're empowering them and saying, okay, here's our situation. How would you fix it? Right. And even in voice lessons, when you're like, okay, I'm hearing a little bit of a huh coming in. <laughs> so let's play around. What can we do? And, and explore different sounds and say, which one of those sounds? You have to empower them. Yes. Yeah. Would, would, you want to, would you want to hear? And how did you get there? And what did that feel like? Really get into the intricacies and, 
and feeling mm-hmm. because they, they're all, trust me, they are body aware. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they are very body aware. So now's the time when you can start saying, what did that feel like? Ooh, yeah. Cause with the little ones, yeah. not so much. No, you the, can't do that. I don't do that enough. I'm going to try that yeah. some more. This age, you definitely can do that. Um, and they need a lot of, um, approval. Ah, uh. You know, so positive reinforcement Mm -hmm. and specific, not like, oh, that was so great. No, they need to know exactly what they did. Ah. You know, I loved how you did that with your soft palate. Did you hear that? Wasn't that awesome? Mm -hmm. Let's do that again. Ah, see, that was wonderful. High five. You did it. You know, fist bump, whatever. Just get them excited about stuff that they're doing right. Mm -hmm. And then challenge them. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Follow that up with, okay, now I'm going to give you a challenge. Let's have you do this. But they have to have some win. Oh, yes. It can't all be about, okay, this is the goal. Okay, yep, you worked all through it. Okay, see you next week. No, please. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. For me, I have to remember the first five to ten minutes with my student, mm. I am assessing. Right. And I'm not just assessing vocal no I am watching how they are carrying themselves mm-hmm. I am watching how they come gee if I can if I can see them leaving their car <laughs> I will watch the interaction with the parent beforehand uh, mm-hmm. yes. that's very telling mm-hmm. and then when they come in mm-hmm. how they carry themselves the first thing they say yes and so I have a student who is repeatedly late mm. okay um, and not her fault not her family's fault they just have special circumstances Mm -hmm. okay so when she comes in the first thing out of her mouth is oh I'm so sorry I'm so late we've got this and this and this going on and she's watching her mom and her mom's driving and and then she's got to come back and she says and and then we're going to do this we're going to do this and we're going to and she's like okay I'm ready to sing and I'm like no you're not yeah right (laughs) okay first of all breathe yes right and that's their whole day. Some of them, their whole day is just racing from one thing to another and, and constantly apologizing and I just, they come in frazzled. Yes. Yes. Yoga is a wonderful thing. Mm. Pictures of waterfalls and sunsets <laughs> and, you know and what I great have? artwork. You know what I have in my studio is one of those little Zen garden things, like those little ones. Yes. For, I don't let my kids touch it, but it's for me. Yes. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yes, we can totally do that. And we can do that with carpet. You know, it's like, draw a circle in the carpet. Oh, that's a really or, interesting. Hey, you know the Hunger Games? <laughs> I want you to draw the emblem on the carpet with your toe. Whoa. You know, connect to who they are. Mm. You know, draw me a baseball diamond. Ah. Okay, connect them. And really, and this is part of a grounding technique mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So when you've got somebody who's really feeling anxious or who has performance anxiety before a rehearsal, or you just, can have them just do that. rushed in in a whirlwind just, is just yes. like buzzing around. Yes, just simple statements. The sky is blue. My dress is green. The ground is brown. You know, just simple factual statement to just bring in that random chaos mm-hmm. <laughs> and hone it in to a calm place mm. and then you can practice your breathing and nice. then you can just you know release it mm. but these kids like you said they are like ping pong balls just all over the place well one of Pinball. the reasons that i one of many reasons that i moved from a 30 minute to a 45 minute lesson even with my little ones was that time just to get them in there and calm and relaxed and comfortable mm-hmm. because with 30 minutes like you you have to start you have by the time they get in they say hello you've got 25 minutes or maybe even 20 minutes and what are you going to do in 20 minutes like that's not a so that is one of the reasons why i a recommend people uh i invite people to to play with the idea of the 45 minute to an hour lesson even for our young ones and what the one thing that i notice is sometimes the the students will be very very quiet until the last five minutes of the lesson and then they're like oh and then I did this and then I did this and then I did this and I'm just like it's like a waterfall of stuff but it took them 40 minutes before they felt comfortable to release all that yes and that's so telling and it feels awful because you got to kind of move them out the door because your next student is there but they're just starting to open up so I love those grounding techniques yeah that's really interesting um in my studio i have had you know we talked a little bit about how the community has gone through their own trauma and i've had 
students go through their own personal mm -hmm. traumas. Mm -hmm. And so it's important for me to feel where they're at. Mm, of course. Because, you know, when parents are in hospitals or they're in hospitals or they have mental health issues that they're dealing with, it's important that we give space for that, mm -hmm. to acknowledge mm -hmm. that, because yes. they'll come in and say, hey, I didn't do this today and I thought I would, and I'm like, good for you, that's a win. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, it's a good place. Um, so when boys are having, like coming back to boys, yes, yes. when boys are having um, these change, how their parents view them oh. is so important. Mm. And whatever we can do as music educators mm. to help them understand your child. I have a young man mm -hmm. who is empathic. Oh. He is a feeler. Mm. And he is a reflector of mm. other people's feelings. Wow. So when things are not going well at home, he walks into the studio and I know it because I'm an empath. <laughs> and right. I'm like, okay, you just brought in an energy, not yours. Right. But let's just do some breathing. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm feeling it here and I'm feeling anger in my forearms I'm feeling yeah. it you know so um, and I think it's important that we help parents understand that even if they're not empath kids in this stage carry what they they're carry exposed to everything they carry everything they're like little sponges mm. and that doesn't mean that they're weak individuals it doesn't mean that they're oversensitive which has become such a it's such a negative thing awful word to use it, it really is but I'm like, look, you, if you want your child to be a caring and listening father mm. for your grandchildren, mm -hmm. nurture him now. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. this is a great thing. So anyway, they, they really want to um, feel good about themselves. And a lot of times it comes from the debt. Yeah. You know, moms are moms. We love our kids no matter what. Moms are moms. Yeah, I'm you the know. crazy baseball mom. FYI. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. So, um, Kimberly Hartman, who mm -hmm. is a PhD mm -hmm. at the University of Northern Carolina, she wrote um, a wonderful thing on the only constant is change. I love that. And she said the young adolescents are experiencing rapid growth, body changes, changes in cognitive processing, identity formation, roles, and relationships. And they are experiencing emotional upheavals that shake them to their core, as we all know. Mm -hmm. Their moods shift. Things that are cool one day are boring the next. Yes. Their friends change oh. on a minute-to-minute -minute basis yes. because, again, they're trying to find that approval where they fit in. Yeah. Um, and what they seem to grab abstractly one day has to be presented very concretely the next day mm. because their processing mm. changes. Okay, that's an interesting... Um... It's very interesting. And so they go to school 8 to 10 hours a day, and they're placed in an academic setting where, again, they have to sit there and sit, and they're asked to function as if all of this stuff isn't going on. Right. And then they come to our studio, and sometimes, often, actually, um, when I choose literature, we're going to get to choosing literature, um, I take their lives kind of into consideration and mm. I present them with three or four things and we sing through some things mm. and they choose. Mm. I identify with this one. Yeah. You know, this speaks to me. Mm -hmm. And so they'll come in and they sing through this song and all of a sudden I've got a weeping teenager on my mm. couch. I've also had that where they decide like they love a song and then they don't love the song. Yes. Right? It's like, right. okay, that's Because fine. it spoke to them at the moment. Yep. And, and then now we're moving on. We're moving on. <laughs> and that's a wonderful thing because mm -hmm. you've got work songs mm -hmm. that you choose for technique mm -hmm. purposes, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to ask you to perform this, but we do need to work this piece. Sure. And then there are songs that are purely for their own enjoyment and their own identity mm -hmm. because I think music is such an intrinsic part and it needs to be intrinsic for who they are. Mm -hmm. And then there are some that are for performance that you put yourself into right you draw from an experience mm -hmm. to take on that persona nate Plummer talks about that all the time we have to have a connection in their performance pieces yes we have to have a oh, connection yes you cannot expect them to put the acting and the emotion in if there's no. nothing for them to connect to no because it, it music is internal mm -hmm. 
and we're artists. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's going to be repertoire that we give our kids that is, okay, I need you to work on some agility techniques, so we're going to be working this piece because of the melismas, but I'm not going to ask you to perform it, or dang, this is really good, we're having you sing it at Nats in the classical portion. Right. <laughs> You know, right. so you just kind of get to know your kids that way. And but sometimes to too, sometimes too, if you approach the song, you know, kind of and give them a bit of the story or you know, pique their interest. Sometimes mm -hmm. what they might not like in the beginning can morph into something that they do like. Sometimes that happens. Oh, absolutely, and we we need to do that. Yes, Find she, she says with an evil smile on her face. We need to do that. Yeah, because how else are you going to have boys singing about fairies and dragons? Okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> That's dangerous I, territory. I you gotta find a way to sell it. Right? I can't get the the teens on there. They my teen boys. No, but you know. So let's talk briefly yeah. about that. We don't need our boys to be talking about singing about fairies and dragons no. because there is beautifully arranged and written songs for them. In fact, you shared some of the best songs, um, which led me to go on a, a Amazon.com shopping spree and update yes. my thing, uh, update all my studio music. And I did invest in some of the uh, some of the repertoire for changing voices. Yes. And there's, there is great stuff out there and we yes. put this in, we put all this information into the teacher guide right it's all there and you patty also took me through it, her favorite pieces and that's in the e-guide as well but share some of your favorite resources for the changing boys voices oh uh, okay so a lot of the stuff that i like um for changing boys voices i look at very carefully because of the different stages mm. of change mm -hmm. that the boys go through so um, i.e. Cooksey. So if you don't have that book on teaching uh, the young adolescent voice, please grab that one. Um, and it, it, different stages have different abilities. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking for a range of, you know, C to C or from A to G, then a lot of these books have certain songs that go through that. And a lot of the awesome ones already have the range printed right next to the title of the song. So you're like, that? sweet. Yes. You have to scan through. It's gone to the point where I have now taken a bunch of my books and I put the range on there for myself. That's a great so tip. Know. That's no, a great seriously. tip. Just jot it down in the corner. This is what the range is. So you don't. That's brilliant. Yes. Teacher yes. tip. So um, I won't go into musical theater only because Nate has. He, it's like, dude, that's my list, and I'm so glad <laughs> I feel validated. You know. Right. <laughs> Yay. Um, but some of the things that I like are. Um, like the American folk songs and spirituals. Yes. So there's 75 songs of American heritage in there. And mm. there are songs that have different ranges. Nice. So no matter where your young man is, there's something, there's in, something that in that book. That's brilliant. Them. Okay. Yes. Um, art songs for children, very simplified accompaniment. Thank you. What well, we are in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> it was a late night. Right. Um, <laughs> I saw the pictures of you dancing on Facebook. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we won't go there. Um, so anyway, the the accompaniment, <laughs> the piano part. <laughs> okay. The piano so part. Sorry. It's all the done. It's all part. done. It's all good. Thank you. It's um, <laughs> simplified, and it's not written to overpower these young voices. Nice. So some of, this, some of the books that I love for my older teenagers, mm -hmm. there is no way I can put my 11 to 13-year-olds right. in. Right. Very good. Because of the breathiness and everything else that they have. So um, the easy songs for beginning, tenor, and baritone bass, and those are volumes one and two. Who, and what's Who's the publisher on that? Um, Hal Leonard. Okay. All right. I have to tell you, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm kind of a Hal Leonard junkie. Great stuff. <laughs> um, and then there's one, Christmas Solos for Kids. Very, oh. very cool. Simplified arrangements, great songs. They're short, so anywhere mm. from, oh, I would say 8 to 12-ish when the boys' voices start to change. Okay. Be perfect. Nice. Um, folk songs for singers is great for those that have already started the vocal change. Okay. And are now in maybe stage 3.75 to <laughs> okay, 5. Okay, fair enough. Fair you know. Um, and then the Giant Book of Children's Vocal Solos has 76 selections of musicals, movies, folk songs. That's yeah, that's, what I, that's when I invested in. I'm, I'm using that a lot. Oh, yes. And then... Um, 
Oh, 15 easy folk songs arrangements, 25 folk songs for children. That is good. one of my favorites right oh, now. I 25 folk songs for children. The the hit in my teaching studio, I taught it to almost every single one of my students, was on Mondays, I never go to work. Except we changed it to on Mondays, I never go to school. Instant hit. The kids sang that with so much enthusiasm. And, of course, I yes. taught it to them at the end of the year, and they were like, Oh, yes. Oh, yes. They loved it. And it has nice little 16th note runs, so it's a challenging yes. little piece. There's some syncopation in it. Yes. I love that. That's a that's one of the books we put into the teacher guide. It's a great little book, and I love how short and sweet the songs are. Like they're, I, they're, awesome. I actually use those as warm-ups now. Yes. So instead of, like, sometimes, you know, you got to ditch the arpeggios in the major and minor scales. Okay, like, we so are not doing that crap, the, and we are going to sing a song. The vocalize... Oh, those are great. Those are so great. My mm-hmm. kids love those, especially when we fool around with the names. Vocalize with, <laughs> with, the the, with Z. Vocalize. Yes. Vocalize. With, there's 45 different ones, and then it talks about how to stand and the posture and the breathing and all that stuff. So they're actually learning some vocal technique along with that. But just as in general, I just want to address some generalities. Um, on the forums, I sometimes, well, okay, often, will see... I have a 12-year-old female. She's auditioning for this role. What do you suggest? Mm-hmm. Or I have a 14-year-old male who's having you know, this issue. And what kind of, of repertoire do you suggest? So in general, mm-hmm. what is the child's personality? Mm-hmm. There's so much. There's so much we need to know before we there's, choose repertoire. There's so much. What is their range? Mm-hmm. Where is their breathiness lie? How are they, um, are they outgoing? Are they introverted? Introverted, extroverted, yes. Introverted, extroverted. So when you ask for a song, um, it's always good to acquaint yourself and, with repertoire. Yes. And if you're asking, like I love when people ask on forums, hey, what song do you think? But we don't get enough information to properly mm-hmm. choose a song for you. So I love that. Where is their breathiness? It just that introvert extrovert yes. right there. Yeah, there are songs that I am not going to give my introverts. No, because it will make them uncomfortable. Yes, and and uh, yeah, and I my think... extroverts are too big of a personality to carry that song. Right, right. Yeah. So if you're if you're asking for repertoire, try to give the audience the the forum as much information as possible because you'll get a better you'll get a better. Um, response thread of responses that will be more useful so let me just finish up with the collections yes so for collections for the changing voices the Briley music is a very uh, good. Yes, the heroes and vagabonds. Yes, yes heroes yes, and vagabonds yes. and the tales of the sea. Yes. All kinds of great stuff. Um, the solos for the changing male voice mm. is also very good. And uh, the boys changing voice, which is also Hal Leonard Publishing. Right. So um, the really the, vag- uh, the Briley music is the vagabonds and then the tales of land and sea. Yes. So that's the publisher is Briley, right? Yep, okay. yep, yep, yep. Yeah, so if you just want some collections, because you just have a few, you don't need to get a huge amount, and the the songs in the collections are already written in different keys, so you can Mm -hmm. just follow them through. And their online audio links allow you to change the keys. Yes. So if you need to, you can't transpose the music, but you could at least have them sing in a key that's working. And I've had to do that where you've gone up, gone down, come back. There is come software back. that you can scan in sheet music and it will transpose it. That's true. That's true. There's yes. lots of those great Lots things. of resources. Awesome. So there we go. Um, three books. If you're going to teach adolescents that I would suggest, Teaching the Adolescent Voice by John Cooksey. Cooksey, yeah. Uh, teaching Singing to Children and Young Adults. Jennifer Williams, yes. my favorite. Mm-hmm. And Finding Ophelia's Voice. Lynn. Even, yes. yes. Even though she talks mostly about girls, she does have a lot of comparative things with to the say, young males. You're right. That's yeah. great. Yeah, those are my, those are those my three, the, three go-tos. Yep. Brilliant. I love it. Okay, Patty, I don't want to take you away from any more Las Vegas fun, <laughs> but I want to thank you so much for your time. And again, um, like I said before, your contributions to the teacher guide, you've shared a lot of these resources in the repertoire recommendations, and and it was so helpful. It's so helpful to see what the go-to books are and what the go-to, and I'm, I truly appreciate the psychological stuff that we talked about today. Thank you so, Absolutely. so much for being my guest now. I'm going to put uh, your information. Are you okay with people reaching out? Yes. If they have questions, so I'll connect them with your 
teaching studio. Yes. Awesome. That was wonderful. <laughs> Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you, you very much. And enjoy your chocolate. Oh my gosh, I'm eating it right now. I'm, I've been looking at it through the whole interview. I'm like, mm, oh, I can smell yes. it. It's Thank good. you so much for my troubles. You're welcome. All right. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. A very special thank you to Patty and for all this wonderful information that she shared with us today. Uh, If you are interested in learning more about some of the resources that she mentioned in the podcast, please visit our website at thefullvoice.com. And if you go under the inspiration tab, you will find all of the podcasts. And I've got a list of all the books and all of the resources that she listed there. So a big thank you. Thank you. Now, I also want to shout out to Patty because she was one of the biggest contributors to our new full voice teacher guide. Patty was so helpful, especially when it came to boys' repertoire, changing voice repertoire. So, Patty, thank you so much. And if you are looking for the new teacher guide, well, you can find it on Amazon worldwide. It's also available as a Kindle download. So, As always, I am wishing you an inspired day of teaching and happy singing. You have been listening to the Full Voice Podcast. For more information and free teacher resources, please visit our website at www.thefullvoice.com. Made by Canoe Music. Canoemusic.ca I brought all my American friends the cof- coffee crisps because, <gasps> did you get one? No. Have you had those? No. Oh, you like coffee, right? No. Oh, okay. Well, then no. donate it. <laughs> Interview over. And I'm gluten-free, so, you know. <laughs> okay, okay. I can lick it. Okay, very well. Uh, yeah, no, I, I brought over bags of coffee crisps because uh, you guys don't have them here. I don't understand. No, no I know. We need to fix that cross-border <laughs> chocolate selection. Seriously. <laughs>